A very good morning to every one of you. It's good to be here, good to be in the presence of God all right uh, on this wonderful day. <clears throat> I want to speak to you today about the most precious resource on earth. The most precious resource on earth. Think about what could that be? Well, you will find out. I want to just begin uh, reading from the Word of God, and uh, we start from the book of Matthew, chapter 4 and 18. And the Bible reads here, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. <clears throat> they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once, they left their nets and followed him. And a little further in verse 21, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest fields. Let us pray. Lord, we want to thank you so much that we can be gathering here today Thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your mercy that has made room for us. And we look up to you, Lord, today to get understanding, a greater understanding about your desires, about your heart. And I pray, Lord, that you help us to hear your call. The call that you have for all of us to follow you. To you, Lord, be the praise and the honor. And Lord, touch our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We have seen these uh, scriptures that uh, I've been reading. And you know, when Jesus came into this world, he came because the Father sent him. The Father sent him for a reason. And the reason was to give the people a way out of their predicament. You know, Jesus described, or in this scripture, it's described how Jesus saw the crowds. The Bible says here, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus has come into this world to be a shepherd, to be somebody who is able to show the way, somebody who is able to help us find direction in life. You know, sheep have got no sense of direction, and that's why they need to be guided. It's very interesting that God has sent Jesus to be the chief shepherd, the one who is looking after his sheep. And so when we look at uh, these uh, scriptures that we have just been reading, there's one thing I think that we come to, to discover, you know, something very, very important that uh, I want you to, to see. You know, the most precious resource on earth are not the minerals that are in our grounds. Even so, they may be expensive. The most precious resource on earth are not necessarily the renewables that God allows to grow and, and to flourish 
continuously, but the most precious resources, the most precious resource that God has in his eyes, you know, when he came into this world, was human resource, where human beings, where you and me. And that is an amazing reality. You know, God created all the resources. He created the heavens and the earth. And of course, the whole of the universe is full of so many different uh, uh, stars and planets and, and Milky Ways and what have you. You know, it's, it's amazing when we look up into the night sky or even better when we are going to see what uh, the uh, telescopes, the modern telescopes are able to show us today. They show us a vastness of God's creation. And for sure, you know, uh, one could say, this is precious. I mean, the kind of pictures that we are seeing from uh, the latest telescope are just outstanding, breathtaking. And yet, you know, this is not, these are not the most precious resources. When we look at our planet Earth, okay, there are so many resources and many of the resources we find in our ground, okay? We find gold, we find silver, we find uh, platinum, we find so many other things. Not only in the ground, but even in our ground in Zambia. So that's amazing. These are resources the world is craving for, okay? The developed world wants to get all of these resources because they want to make more products uh, at the end of the day. But of course, we must also not forget there are other resources that are continually to be renewed, okay? Look at our weather, look at our food, look at our uh, the flowers, the air, you know, all of these are continuously renewed resources. And that's why we are alive. That's what we depend on. All the resources that God has created on us are actually meant to support life, meant to support the crown of his creation. And these are human beings you and me. And that's why, you know, we are the most precious resource that is found on earth because all the other resources were actually made for us, made to serve us, made to be a blessing to us. They're not supposed to rule us, but they're supposed to allow us to live our life in the way that God desires. Imagine if this earth would have no atmosphere, if it would have no water, life would be impossible. So God created all of these resources in order to make life what it is, make life possible, life for uh, all the creatures that God has created, but more so for us human beings. So God created this world, earth, to be a habitat for mankind. And, you know, this is an amazing thing. You know, scientists are constantly wondering and asking, would there be another planet uh, somewhere in the universe uh, where life is possible? And, of course, that has been a question which was going on for as long as I can remember. When I was young and I became interested in, in science, to this, this was the question which was, is life possible somewhere on some other planet? In case something happens to our Earth, where, we can, where can we run to? Well, I don't know what is happening out there, you know. Uh, only God knows. He's the one who has created all things. But one thing I know, that God created this place, Earth, to be our habitat. Not moon, not Mars, not one of the stars far beyond our horizons, but this Earth God created for our habitat. And this is what we must recognize. You know, this is why we find the conditions for life on earth, because God created them. He didn't create them for moon. As you probably uh, hear from the news, now there is a new run. A lot of nations want to go to the moon again. Okay, I say again because 1969, 
when I was a young boy, you know, I was uh, sitting on the, on the TV set glued to check, you know, how the first human being was uh, stepping on the moon. A small step for man, a giant leap for mankind. That's what the first man said when he was on the moon. Well, yes, what has the leap brought us? Yes, we have been able to go to the moon, but apart from that, really life has continued the way it has been on Earth. It didn't bring any change that now a man has been or a few people have been on, on the moon. And of course, now people want to go back to the moon and from there they want to go on to, to, to Mars. But if you look at moon, it's a dead world, okay? Everything is dry, there's no water, nothing growing there. So if you ask me, would you want to change Earth for moon, I would tell you I'm staying where I am. <laughs> okay, I have nothing to do on moon. Okay, you want, you want to go on Mars, maybe, you know, they are trying to find out uh, whether there is uh, some, some kind of little microbes and life somehow, or maybe, uh, maybe there is some, some uh, oxygen uh, somewhere, I don't know. But if you look at the pictures of Mars, it's a dead place, okay? Nothing growing there. Everything is just the way it always is. The next time they make more pictures, they're still looking the same dead place. Okay, so why, why should we run to moon or to Mars? We know, of course, it's a, a, a planet not very far. Anyway, you know, what, what, when I say far, uh, it's all relative. Not so very far from, from Earth. But unfortunately, the heat is so high that it would be impossible to live there because it's closer to the, to the sun. So, you know, uh, these are just uh, some of the areas in our closer vicinity. And what is further and further and further and further out is too unrealistic to even think about because even if you want to get to some of these places, you would spend your lifetime to even travel there and then you don't know what you find. So let's be satisfied, let's be happy with what God has created for us here on Earth, on this planet. Isn't it powerful that God has given us a wonderful habitat? You know, where summer and winter, where harvest, where seed and harvest time never ceases, where God provides for us continuously. And not only provides for us for mere survival, but provides for our enjoyments. Okay, just look at the flowers here. You can see how beautiful they are, aren't they? Okay, can you see all these different colors? Okay, if it was us human beings who have to, would have designed roses, I don't know how we would have made them, but definitely not like that. Okay, but God is the one who made them like that, okay? God is the one who created all things beautifully and wonderfully well. In the book of uh, Genesis, at the uh, record of creation, God says he made so many different types of trees and all of them were beautiful to look at. Okay, not one of them, but all of them. Okay, so imagine God made so for our enjoyment. The other day, experience of an astronaut, astronaut, you know, astronauts are the people who are going to the space station and into the space. And, uh, you know, he, he spoke about how excited he was to go to the space station and he spent there, I think, uh, several months. And uh, then he talked about how inconveniencing life is there. Okay? Because, of course, you can't stand like this. You're always floating. And then, of course, you know, uh, you, you can't go in the garden and enjoy the greenery. If you want to see color, you must look out of the window and see Earth down somewhere there, you know, the blue color of the ocean and the atmosphere. But in there, you know, they are squeezed into this capsule, into this space station, and, you know, the food they eat is... Uh, is, 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 is very rationed. And the water they drink, 
they may have drunk it for the fifth or sixth or tenth or fifteenth time because the water they are drinking is going to be put back into the, into the uh, recycling system and eventually you drink it again. Okay, because they can't carry all that water that you need for several months. So, my question, would you like that? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, when, when you bring this to home to your, 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 your realization, you know, I mean, uh, I can't remember that anyone in my lifetime I would have wanted to be an astronaut, but now even less. Okay, after I, <laughs> I read, you know, that you, you eat the things that you have eaten before, you drink the things that you have drunk before, Hmm. I would rather go to get a fresh apple somewhere or some fresh fruit, some grapes, some fresh grapes from the, from the wonderful creation of God. I would rather, you know, have a good piece of bread that uh, was, uh, you know, uh, made from some good corn that has grown in the fields. You know, I would rather get some fresh water and drink it, and you know, water is always the best, isn't it? Not water that you have drunk five times, but fresh water, okay? So we are very, very, very privileged to live in a creation that God has made for our livelihood and for our enjoyment, okay? Yes, you can survive in a space capsule for some time, but I doubt whether you can really enjoy it, okay? Maybe for a while it's exciting. Maybe to say I was up there, but so what? Does it make a difference? You know, at the end of the day, they are all happy to come back on earth again because this is what we were made for. We were not made to float in the, in the space, but we are made to live on on earth. So God has created a beautiful world for our enjoyment, for our good. And that is what we must recognize. But then, you know, we must understand that the most precious of all the resources that, that are there, and sometimes I shudder to think that we as human beings are being called a resource. Okay? You, you know now we have got... Uh, an HR is a human resource officer, okay? Uh, sometimes I wonder, should we really call humans a resource? Anyway, we have done it, okay? And for today's message, I will also do it, okay? The most precious resource on earth, a powerful resource. I mean, look, look at, our, at our city. You know, when I came to Lusaka in 1982, this city was very, very different. Very, very different. It has continued to grow. It has continued to expand. It has continued to become, you know, more beautiful. You know, it, even so, it had some beautiful spots even then. But the city has really gone out of bounds. Why? If you would go on mass, you wouldn't find that. Okay? If you go to a certain spot and you come back, uh, 50 years later, you would find the spot is exactly the same. But on earth, things change. Okay? They change because of us human beings. Amen? We are change agents. You know, we bring transformation. We bring change. And that's amazing. You know, that's why I've always advised people, you know, uh, Young people, especially when you grow up, don't just be satisfied with what you have, but, you know, get a piece of land, you know, get, get uh, at least a garden going, you know, build your own house so that you can see and participate what creation is all about, okay? You can create, uh, participate in cre the creation of God. You can be able to see what you can be able to achieve as a human being, okay? The, a human being that takes from the gifts that God has made available to us, the land, the rain, you know, all the different resources that God has given to us, and we make it flourish in our, in our lifetime. It's, it's beautiful, okay? So all of us, 
We shouldn't leave the world the way we found it, okay? Just consider, you know, how you came to where you are today, and if everything is still the same after maybe some years, uh, the, the way you, then, uh, uh, the same way as you found it, then something is not right with you, okay? Because you as a human being, you must be a change agent. You must bring transformation. You must make a difference, okay? I think that's very important. Can we say together, I can make a difference? Make a difference. Amen? Amen? I can make a difference. And it doesn't matter where you make the difference, whether it's in your job, whatever job you do, you can make a difference, okay? In your home, you can make a difference. And, and, and please let me add this, you know, not just to make a difference anyhow so that something is happening uh, along the way, but a positive difference for that matter, okay? So that you see things expand, see things, and that's what God really desires, that all of us are being part of that, okay? That's why he has created us. He has not created us just that we waste our time here. He has created us that we are partakers of God's wonderful plans. So human beings can be very resourceful, okay? Can make a very positive difference. But when I say that, we all know that human beings can also be very destructive, isn't it? Very, very destructive. I think you find that out in, on a personal level when thieves break into your car and your, your home and steal from you. And all of a sudden, you know, everything that you have prepared, everything that you have lined up nicely is just put in disarray. Then you know that people can be destructive. Okay? Or look at what is happening now in Europe where there is a war. Somebody just decides he wants to take his neighbor and make it part of his own kingdom, okay? And he sends troops, he sends guns, he sends uh, tanks, he sends all of the, the destructive elements that you can imagine people is capable of, and he brings destruction to a large, large extent. People can be destructive. As a result, there are problems now. Okay, thank God we are not dependent so much on, on gas, but in the northern hemisphere where people need gas for the heating and for, for power, which the, the gas they use to, to produce electricity, you know, they are in trouble. Because some of the electricity bills or their, their gas bills have gone up uh, three or four times as much as they were before. One man, who makes a destructive decision together with his hearts is turning the whole world upside down, okay? And we may not be as affected as much, but even us, we have seen the difference in our petrol prices, isn't it? In our fuel prices. So human beings can be very, very destructive. But thank God I talk to people who love the Lord, okay? I talk to people who at least listen to the Lord, even if you don't love him yet. So I want to call you to, to really love him because he loves you. Amen? And if you hear my voice today, I want you to understand that God has not brought you into this world to be a destruction, but to be a blessing. Amen? God wants you to change your worlds, your private world, your, your home, and your your, your place of work or wherever you are touching, you know, in order to make it an overwhelming blessing. <clears throat> and we can do that. That's the amazing thing. You know, if, if you say, I want to be a blessing, you can be a blessing. If you are indifferent, and if you are an ugly person, if you are a hateful person, you can make a bad difference. But if you are a loving person, if you are a person full of the love of God and the Holy Spirit upon you, then you can make a wonderful positive difference in the world 
that you live in. So God sent his son, Jesus Christ, so that we should not be like sheep without a shepherd anymore, but that we should have good guidance so that we should be able to, that we would be able to, in this creation, care of his creation. That we should be able to have dominion in this creation for the good of creation, not for the destruction of it. <clears throat> so God has given us all the resources of word. And you know, we, we say we're exploiting the resources. And when we say exploit, it can be a very negative word. But I think we should be able to turn it into a positive word. In other words, we should use the resources that God has given us in order to add value. Okay? For instance, Zambia has a lot of copper. We are blessed with so much copper. In fact, I think we are the uh, second uh, biggest copper producer in the world as far as I can tell. And <clears throat> The world is using Zambia's copper in amazing ways. But unfortunately, we just export the copper raw. You know, if I, if I had any say, I would stop that. And I would not allow copper to be, uh, to be exported in its raw form. But only when we have added value. Okay, so anything in this world, any resource can have an added value to it. Even you can have added value. That's why we are coming to the word of God, listen to the word of God, hear what God is saying to us because it will add value to our life. Okay, even flowers, you know, look at these flowers here. You can, you can go out in the, in the field and cut flowers anyhow but if they are arranged like that, you know, they will be immediately more expensive because value has been added, isn't it? And the same is true with all the resources that are in the ground. We should add value to it. You know, so we are exporting our precious minerals out of this country. And after maybe a year or two, the same material comes back to Zambia again, and we are not paying this, we are not getting uh, it for the same money that we are, we are able to sell it, but we are paying a multiple of that because value has been added. So, you know, think about your resources. Think about what you have. Think about what is in your realm. Okay, maybe you may not have a copper mine, you may not have a gold mine, you may not have some other things that time look like very valuable, but you have things in your life. You have time. It's a, it's a resource. The question is how can you add value to your time? How can you add value to the gifts and talents that God has given you? And all of us, we have the capacity to add value to what God has given to us. So let us be able to not exploit the resources that God has provided for us, but to use them and add value to it. And the same should be true with human beings. You know, we, we, we know very often human beings are being exploited for selfish people's, you know, ends. But we should not exploit people, we should add value to them. And you know, this is exactly what Jesus did when he came, ordinary people, and he says, I'm going to add value in your life. Okay, let me go back to Matthew chapter 4. The Bible tells us, as Jesus was walking besides the Sea of Galilee, he, see, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Okay, so they were able to add value. They had a resource of fish and they were able to, to get that fish out of the ground, uh, out of the water and then able to, to sell it on to people who were requiring food. Okay? And then Jesus comes and he says, come, follow me. Come, follow me. Okay? Then he tells them something powerful. And I will make you 
fishers of men. So in other words, I'm going to add value to your life. You will no longer just fish fish, okay? Catch fish from the waters of the... You can become people who are going to add value to other people. You will become fishers of men. People who are going to make a large, powerful difference in the lives of other people. And if you look at uh, the lives of these disciples, okay, Peter, Andrew, and a little further down, John and James, these were becoming people who made an amazing difference to their world. If they would have remained on the Sea of Galilee, they could have continued fishing for the rest of their life or repairing nets for the rest of their life. But Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will use you for a greater and more powerful purpose so that you become a blessing. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, just imagine Peter. Peter has been very instrumental while he was with Jesus and later on when Jesus had gone at the day of Pentecost, he was the one preaching uh, that powerful message and 3,000 people got saved just then and there. And of course, that was only the beginning, you know? I mean, these disciples, they were going out just like the Lord Jesus sent them into different directions in different places. And uh, one, somebody said later on in, in, in the book of Acts, these people who have turned the world upside down have come here also. So these, these disciples, they were able to make a difference. They turned the world upside down. Or maybe I should say the other way around, you know, they put the world right side up because the world is upside down, okay? You know, ever since sin came into this world, the world is upside down. In fact, that's what the book of Genesis tells us. There is a Greek word which is called tohu wabohu, which simply means it's upside down, okay? And ever since sin came into this world, the world is upside down. So the gospel is putting right side up, okay? Giving people purpose again, giving people a reason for living again, giving people value again so that they are able to fulfill the purpose for which, and he says, I'm going to make you fishers of men, okay? I'm going to add value to your life. And when I've added value to your life, you are now able to add value to other people's life. And you know, this is a chain reaction of blessings. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. Then Jesus, is looking at the people at that particular time and he sees them like sheep that are running in all different directions, sheep that have no shepherd, sheep that have no care. And he has come to change that. And then he says to his disciples, you know, the harvest is plentiful. Now, that, this is amazing. You know, I want you to understand, for God to make a harvest grow, okay, is not a problem. Look at, look at the fields every year. If you put seed into the ground, then you can get a harvest. And we can get overwhelming harvests. And, and this is what God is, is very good to do. Now, that is in the natural but even in the spiritual, you know, the Bible tells us, and Jesus himself says, the harvest is plentiful. Now, he was not talking about uh, maize or, or, you know, uh, soya or, 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 or you know, uh, wheat or whatever else, vegetables. He was not talking about that. He was talking about the harvest of human beings. Because he came to touch the life of his people. He came to call them out of darkness into his wonderful light. And you know, God did everything that he was able to do. He sent Jesus Christ to be our savior. And Jesus said, when I go away, don't worry, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit to be with you forever and he will lead you into all truths. And the Bible tells us that God is speaking to every human being 
You know, not less than two or three times, but probably much, much more times, many more times. I mean, just imagine today, uh, if you care to listen, you know, you can have 24 hours gospel preached to you round the clock. You know, and the word of God is, is literally everywhere. But what is here? His voice. And God speaks to human beings. Some of them are, who have been unreceptive for the things of God, but then become receptive. And, and, and that's what Jesus calls the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is ready. The only problem is it requires workers to go and pick the harvest. And you know, that is crucial. Now, what we see here is Jesus himself makes that, that uh, determination. You know, yes, there is a plentiful harvest, but there are few workers. And I, and I know personally what that means. You know, uh, I grew up on a farm. We had a fairly large farm for our standards uh, in, in Germany at that time. And we had a lot of crops. We had uh, different variety of crops which would, of, of course, become ready for harvesting in different, in different times. See, uh, uh, you know, like from, from June, July, August, that is the time of our harvest in, in, in Europe. And, and then August, maybe September, some of the things. So uh, this was the harvest season. And during the harvest season, you could not say, okay, me, I can only work uh, three hours a day or five hours a day or not even eight hours a day. There you work until uh, the weather doesn't allow you anymore. When I say the weather, you know, I, I, I drove as a, young, as a young person. I was not even, you know, 18. I drove a combine harvester. And we were running that combine harvester until late at night, until the, the air became too moist to continue. You understand? That's when we had to stop. We didn't stop because of the light. We had to stop because of the atmosphere. Okay? And then, you know, during the harvest time, there was no question, you know, oh, no, I need to go and take a shower because your shower would be undone in the next 10 minutes. Okay? Now today, they have made combine harvesters which have got air-conditioned cabins. But in those days, you know, we had no combine harvester with air-conditioned. We, we sat in the, in the dirt. Hey, it was terrible sometimes, you know? Especially some crops. They were itching you all over. You know, even after you took a shower, it was still itching. <laughs> and harvest time is a busy time. And no matter how many people you can organize, they are always not enough. And this is what Jesus says, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. There are not enough people who put hands to the tools in order to bring in the harvest. And that is not just true in the natural, that is true also in the spiritual world that God explains to us. So uh, an unattended harvest will spoil, okay? If you, if you don't bring in the harvest at the right time, then that's it, you cannot bring it in anymore, okay? The only thing that you have maybe done is, you know, feed some birds for some time, but not even the birds can take all of the harvest that you are leaving out when you are not caring for your harvest, when you leave it unattended. We all know, you know, I mean, you have heard of, of, of uh, of tomatoes of late, you know, that there are so many tomatoes on the market. I don't know whether it's true or not. Anyway, there is always something that we can do about overproduction, you know. If there are too many tomatoes which you can't all eat, then you have to process them so that you can keep them for the future, okay? And, you know, there are many ways to, to, uh, to keep stuff for the future. You know, we have this powerful mango tree, and when it's, when it's a good season, you know, this tree is full, we can fill bags and bags of, 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 of uh, mangoes. We, we give them to our children at Fountain Gate, and we give them to all kinds of people, and there's still too many. So what do we do? 
Mom is good in making jam. Okay? So instead of eating the mangoes because you can't finish the, the mangoes, you keep them for tomorrow, for next week, for next month, for next half a year. You process them, be processed. Many things can be processed. But if you don't bring the harvest at the time when it's right, okay, when it is ripe, you know, we all know that tomatoes can be spoiled if they stay too long, okay? And that is true for everything else. There's a small window of a harvest. And if you don't use that window to bring in the harvest, it will be spoiled. And I can tell you one thing, you know, whether you like it or not, many of us, we had a harvest which we never secured, which we never brought in. Maybe sometimes you look back and say, I wish I would have done this and that. You know, there was a harvest, but you, you didn't bring in the harvest. And then after the harvest is now gone, you realize, oh, I should have done something about that harvest and it's too late. You can't bring it back. So we need to have open eyes for what God provides for us and bring in the harvest. And that is true for the harvest of God. Okay? You see, there are certain people who are receptive at a certain time. And if we are not speaking to them, if we are not leading them to the Lord, they can become unreceptive again later on. That's a reality. So Jesus says, pray. Okay, now this is a very interesting scripture. Jesus says, and he says, ask the Lord of the harvest. So you wonder, you know, why should I ask the Lord of the harvest? Why can you not send people? You know why God is saying, ask the Lord of the harvest? Because when you ask that the Lord of the harvest should send workers into his harvest field, first of all, you yourself have to ask yourself. Before I want others to go, am I willing to go? Okay? So this is a challenge, first of all, to ask before we can, we can uh, mobilize anybody else. Because it's very easy to say, you do this, you do this, you do this. If I'm not willing to do it, I'm not, not a good example. And so Jesus said, ask the Lord of the harvest. So in other words, when you ask, you must make yourself available. So in other words, you must take ownership of that harvest. And if you take ownership, that means you need to do something about it. Not just, not just pray, but just do something about it. I think this is very important. So God wants us to take ownership of the harvest that God makes available in our world, around us. Okay? There are people around you and you may realize all of a sudden they're different than they used to be. Maybe God made them receptive for the word of God and you need to learn to speak to them at that particular time because that may be the time of the harvest. Okay? So God wants us to be aware of the need. Okay? If we take ownership of the harvest then we become aware of the need. You know, having grown up in, 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 on, on a farm, uh, I've become very aware, you know, oh, this thing needs to be harvested any time from now. Okay? Because, you know, it's something that is in your blood. You realize, you know, harvest is, is upon us. And I think we need to see that spiritually speaking as well. You know, we need to see when God prepares the hearts of people, then we must be ready to take them, lead them, uh, bring them closer to the Lord. So the question would be, if you have asked the Lord of the harvest to send other people into the harvest field, are you willing to guide them? Are you willing to lead them? Are you willing to be ahead of them? And that's my challenge, you know. I want to tell you, be ready to be useful in the harvest of God. You see, God has not asked us to just be signpost Christians and says, okay, over there, this is where the harvest is. No, actually, we must be leaders. We must go ahead of everybody else and say, let's take the harvest. Amen? 
And remember, if you miss it, we lose it. If you go through the word of God, you find God calling on people over and over and over again. You know, in the book of Genesis, we find the Lord calling Abram. And he says to him, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make you your, your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left as the Lord told him, and the Lord went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Now imagine, God called Abraham. If Abraham didn't go, our world would be a very different world. But he responded. He responded. There was a time in the book of Isaiah, you can read it on your bulletin, when God was asking a question in the presence of a mighty atmosphere. And uh, Isaiah was there. And God was asking the question, who will go? The question was, who is willing to go? And Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Can this be our response today? Abraham followed the call of the Lord, just like Peter, Andrew, John, James, and all the other disciples followed the call of the Lord. Are we going to follow the call of the Lord? And when I say when, we, uh, when God calls us, he doesn't just call us to be saved. Okay, that's the first step of grace, and that is what our harvest is indicating. You know, people need salvation. People need, need to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. But then God wants to take you far further to really make you an instrument of blessing to many people around you. Look here, Abraham today is still a blessing. Okay? We who are here today, we are people of faith. Okay? And we can call ourselves children of Abraham. Because we have faith, like Abraham had faith. I can't, can't call myself uh, a, a child of, 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 of Moses because I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, you know, uh, part of the, of the Jewish nation or of his tribe, the Levites. But I am a child of Abraham. He is the one who believed God and followed him and he became the father of all those who believe. Praise God. So you and me, we are all children of Abraham, provided we believe. Amen? I mean, look at Isaiah. He says, here I am, send me. And if you read some of the powerful things that he was writing down for us, you know, many of the prophecies that have talked about the coming of the Messiah, the Savior. You know, he, he gives us the coming of Jesus Christ with great accuracy. So he's still a blessing even today because his, his, his message has not ended with a new heaven and a new earth. Okay? So blessings upon blessings are there for us in an amazing and powerful way. Isn't that, isn't that great? So God calls. And God challenges us. Okay? Are we willing? Are we ready? Not just to follow his call, but also lead others to follow the call. And this is what we see in the lives of all these people that have followed the call of God. God added value to them. God made them people beyond their imagination, okay? I, I think Abraham never, never had an idea that his life would be so important that thousands years later they would still speak about Abraham. 
You know, 3,000 years later, we would still call ourselves by his name. But because he was obedient, because he took a step, because he said, okay, here I am, I'll follow. This is amazing. There was a time when God decided that the world had become useless. And every time when such a thing happens, then God may bring judgment. And the Bible describes that in the early days of our world in the book of Genesis chapter 6 and 7. You know, when the world has become so irresponsive to the call of God, that God said, I'll do away with it. I'll judge it. But then, God still kept looking for that one person that he could find to carry on his plans. And he found that, that person. And the Bible says, and Abraham found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Abraham called Noah, gave him instructions, and Noah fulfilled every instruction according to what God told him. Amazing, isn't it? So God is looking for such people today. You know, we can make a difference in our world. Without Noah, the world would have come to an end at that time. You know, mankind as a, as a, as a creation of God would have come to an end at that time. But God had a remnant in Noah who came to respond to the call of God. I still and of course, you know, in every life, God will speak to us several times. So I heard the call of God for me to be saved. And I remember so well, you know, a number of us, we went to stand before the altar and we got saved. And then there was another time when God called me into ministry. And it was so overwhelming. My heart was so touched that I felt, you know, everybody should stand up and respond. And I was the only one. And I'm not, I'm not judging anybody else. Maybe this was just a call that God designed for me. Of course, it was so overwhelming for me, maybe not for others, that I had no choice but to respond. And you know, I want you to understand, God is calling upon us. I would never have been able to be the kind of a person without following in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ. I would not have been able to add the value that God has added into my life, you know? And, and I want to tell you, you know, God wants to add value to your life that you cannot even have uh, imagination to the, to the smallest degree. He can do things that are so amazing. And he says, come, follow me. It is my prayer that God will send workers into his harvest field because the harvest is plentiful. And actually, if I say it's my desire, actually, it's not really my desire originally. It's God's desire. Amen? I'm just participating in the desire of God. And I want to to appeal to all of us today. You know, as we are listening, let us ask ourselves, what into the hands of the Lord so that he builds me, that he adds value to my life, that he makes me what I, I, I should really be in the plan of God. Sometimes, of course, we may not immediately understand. You know, when God called Moses, Moses was so overwhelmed that he said, mm, I, 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 can't, I can't speak, I don't, have, I don't have eloquency. Of course, maybe he remembered that way back in Egypt when he was still uh, in Pharaoh's house, at one time he tried to take things into his own hands and it backfired. And so maybe he was afraid that it would be backfire again. So he said, no, please, I, leave me alone. I can't do it. And God says, how can you say I can't speak? Is it not me who made the tongue? 
Okay? Is it not me who created you? And let me tell you, God created you for a greater purpose than what you see right now. Maybe your world is pretty easy to overlook at this moment in time. But God wants to break the barriers. God wants to set your tent white. God wants to show you opportunities that you have never seen before. I think we all have uh, heard of the prayer of Jabez. And Jabez was praying, you know, he had some limitations and he prayed, Lord, put my tent white. And you know, it's a very short prayer, but one thing which is amazing is that God answered his prayer. Okay? And it's my prayer today that God puts our tents white. Okay? That we see what we are capable of. You see, Jesus came to these disciples who were just fishing. Okay, for them, they could have, you know, continued with that profession for the rest of their lives. But Jesus said, I'm going to upgrade you. I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to have, make you have influence in the lives of men and human beings for the rest of your life. And that's exactly what happened. One of them, John, he was an old God, which he wrote down, and that's the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. Can you imagine how many people he has affected from in the last 2,000 years with that book? Okay? Jesus says, I'm standing at your door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens for me, I will come in and have fellowship with you. Okay, God is going to increase our Impact, increase our value, increase our harvest. And brothers and sisters, that's what God is calling all of us today. Let us make this our prayer. Okay, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into his harvest field. And then in Luke chapter 10, it says, go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Don't take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the roads. But when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. And if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. So God is making you a person of impact, a person of transformation, okay? A person who will bring in the harvest, a person who carries the peace of God. And God said, Lord our God, we are so grateful when we see how much resource you have made available for all of us. And thank you, Lord, that we can see that the greatest resource, the most precious resource on earth is each and every one of us. We are the resource that you love, that you multiply the resource that you are going to utilize in your kingdom. And Lord Jesus, you have called us to respond to your word. Thank you, Lord, for all these people who have gone before us, for the people who have responded to you. And Lord, I pray today that you help us to respond. Whatever the Lord may be speaking to us at this moment in time, Lord, help us not to brush it aside, but Lord, to really respond to it in a positive way. Thank you, Jesus, that you have come to upgrade our lives, that you have come 
to make us a mighty instrument of blessing in this very time in which we are living. Lord, we have only one life. And Lord, help us to utilize the years that you have given to us, the time, the today that you have given to us to its maximum so that, Lord, we can be able to be a blessing and, Lord, that we can be able to bring in the harvest. So, Lord Jesus, we want to respond to this very demand that you have put before us. Ask the Lord of the harvest. And Lord, here in this very congregation, I want to ask you, Lord, Lord, send more workers into your harvest field. People who are willing, people who are saying, here I am, send me. People who have a willing heart in amazing ways. I thank you, Jesus, for this word that you have brought to us in this very season. And Lord, I pray, let it be a seed in our hearts and let it be able to bear fruit in every one of our lives. Lord Jesus, I pray that we become workers in your harvest field that we become a blessing to many others around us. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your word in every one of our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.